הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים של דורנו, לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני עפר הקדוש משר בארצמה. ובבחן רבנו הקדוש, צדיק יסוד עולם נחל נובע מכוח חוכמה, רבנו נחל מפגע בצמחה. נא נח נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותו תגן עלינו וכל ישראל אמן. ברוך השם, today we do a Torah on the correspondence of Chavdal Adar, the day which we fall out on this Seder. A Torah that actually Rabbi Nathan got on Chavdal Adar whenever a person came from a city that was nearby him and brought him a volume of uh, different manuscripts Rabbeinu had wrote. And uh, the day where you got those manuscripts is Chavdal Adar. So Baruch Hashem, we're going to do this Torah on Chavdal Adar, the day Rabbi Nathan got these man- this manuscript. So, let's see. Yom HaShem, Yom Revi'i, Chavdal Adar, Shana Tafkuf Pedalet. לפי השם עמנו שפתאום הביא לי איש אחד מעיר הסמוכת אחי של כתבים מטיבת יד רבנו ז"ל. That this day, this day Hashem did something awesome. The fourth day of the fourth, uh, the fourth day of the week, Wednesday, Chavdal uh, Adadar, the 24th of Adar, the year 5584, that Hashem um, did something wondrous with us, that suddenly a person from the, the city nearby brought me volume a volume of the, um, of the manuscripts or writings that Rabbi wrote in his own handwriting. And there were a few pages, a few small pages um, of Rabbi's manuscripts from the Aleph Bet Arishon, from the first, uh, um, from the first volume of the book Sefer Hamidot. And a few different pages from the Torah that Rabbeinu already had printed in Likute Moran, um, in Likute Moran, the first volume. But there was a few things that were added, a few different ideas um, in, a few, in a language that's a little bit different, a style that's a bit different. Uh, therefore, Rabbi Nathan says, I copied them here. So now we're going to do this Torah um, on Chavdal Adadar Baruch Hashem. This Torah is very special, so pay attention. It's very deep also. When a man sees um, that uh, the evil forces, the desires are overcoming this person, when a man sees that the desires are overcoming him, overpowering him, he should fast. So therefore what happened? Through the fasting, he's able to unify HaKadosh Baruch and the Shekhinah, God and the Divine Presence, back to back, so that what? The evil forces cannot uh, nourish themselves from the back of this unification. Because if they're unified face to face, then they can grab the back. But now that they're unified back to back, there's no way for the Klippah to grab the back because the, face, the backs are facing each other. And that's the result of fasting. That fasting creates a unification back to back. Achor be'achor. Ve'zehu rav, shmer'iv, and this is what we call hunger. That a person makes himself hungry through fasting. What is Ra'av? It depends on the word. Resh, you have the letter Resh. And you have also the Ayn and the Bet. What's Ayn Bet? It's the 72 letter. What's Resh? What is Resh? Resh is the, uh, what do you call it? Is the backside, what we call the, the Gematria. Um, of the Shekhinah, Shehi Elohim, meaning what? 
What's Achoraim? Achoraim is a form of Gematria. We saw this in Lesson 6, specifically, how Rabbanu took the Achoraim of Ekeh. The Achoraim of Ekeh is Gematria 44. What's Achoraim? It's basically, you go, you take an entire word, and you start the first letter, and then you add the second letter, and then you add the third letter to that. So, it's a combination of Elohim. Let's say you take the name Elohim. You have Aleph, so that's one. Then you have Aleph and Lamed, so that's 31. So that's, so now you have 1 plus 31 is 32. Then you have Aleph and Lamed and He, that's uh, 36. So you have 32 plus 36 now. Then you have Aleph, he, uh, Lamed, He, and Yud. And then you have Aleph, Lamed, He, Yud, and Mem. So if you add all those numbers together, you have um, 1 plus 31 plus 36 plus 46 plus 86. You get the numerical value of 200, which is the same numerical value as the letter Resh. So that's Resh. Resh is Achoraim of Elohim. And what's Elohim? It's the name of the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence. So this is the backside of the Shekhinah. This is why, through fasting, Rabbanu is teaching us that you create this unif- unification to the backside. Why? Because the Divine Presence faces its back now, as we see with the Resh of the Achoraim. If you take the word Ra'av, Ra'av is a play on the words Resh, and then you have, you, have, you have the Resh, and then you have the Ayin Bet. So now let's see Ayin Bet. We just did the Resh. The Resh is representing the Shekhinah, that if you take the, the numerical value of the backside of the Shekhinah, it's the numerical value of 200, which is the numerical value of Resh. But what about Ayin Bet, which is the numerical value of 72? If you take the Achoraim of the name Yud Kevavke, the main name, if Yud 10 plus Yud He, which is 15, Plus Yud, uh, the He, and the Vav, which is 21. And then you have the Yud, the He, and the Vav, and the He, which is 26. You get the numerical value of 72. So the backside of Yud Kevavke is 72. And what's Yud Kevavke? It's a representation of Akadosh Bauchu. So the backside of Akadosh Bauchu is the numerical value of 72. So that's Ayin Bet. And then the backside of the Shekhinah is what? 200. So you have, uh, 200 plus 72 is the numerical value of Rav, which is hunger. So through fasting, we're able to create this unification of the backside of a, this unification of the Shekhinah and the Baruch Hu from back to back. Why? Because we see that the backside, Achoraim, literally, which literally means backside, that the numerical value, um, the gematria um, in Achoraim of Yud Kei Vavke and Elohim add up to, um, to 272. That through fasting, that through this hunger, that you're able to unify so that they do not un, um, what do you call it? so that the outside forces do not uh, derive nourishment from this unification so they unify themselves back to back and therefore through this fasting what happens you're able to draw down speech why because now the throat has been moistened moistened has been created you create this this uh, moisture in the throat, migniva uh, from its dryness through this. Uh, what do you call it? through this fasting? How? And you emerge from this concept called nichargeoni. My throat is parched. And then you have uh, what do you call it? You you enter this aspect called kiravegaron. Call out with your throat. And do not hold back. Meaning what? That through fasting you're able to draw down speech. Because your throat turns from being parched, which is dry, to being uh, moist, which is whenever you call out with your throat. You have a voice now, you have speech. This is what fasting creates. This is what it says. There was hunger in the land. Meaning through the fast, 
What happens? Abraham descended down to Mitzrayim because there was famine. Um, what's famine? It's this idea of uh, fasting. You have no, you, there's no food. So what happens? Abraham descends down to Egypt. What is Avram? Avram represents the concept of the waters of Chesed. Why? Because we know Avram represents Chesed. So the waters are Chesed. We know water is the concept of Chesed. Avram represents the waters of Chesed, which bring moisture to the straits of the throat, the constriction of the throat, because the throat is the narrow part of the body. Um, and what's the Metzara? We're going and traveling down southward. What's Negva? It's this dryness. That the chasadim, which is Avraham, is going down to bring moisture to the, to the dryness of the throat. What's the dryness? Southward. Negiva comes from the word negev, south. Why? Because the south is dry. It's hot. It's, meaning what? That Avraham goes down to Mitzrayim because Mitzrayim is the metzaragaron. The narrowness of the throat. It's a, the throat. It's the dryness of the throat. And what, how does he do that? Through fasting. And now Rabbeinu teaches us that the, the, the evil husks, which are the aspect of paro, what is paro? Paro comes from the word oref, neck. What? What is paro? Paro is the concept of the neck. He is the, the evil husk. He is the constriction of the throat. He is Mitzrayim. And yeah, Abraham goes down there. But what does paro do? Paro's essential nourishment comes from the backside. And he has three officers, Paro, we know. Paro has the officer, or he has three uh, generals. He has the butler, the baker, and the butcher. The chief butler, baker, and butcher. And they represent the essential desires. They represent the lusts of this world. What do they represent, these three um, um, people? The kane, the windpipe, the veshet, the... The ves, uh, the veset, sorry, the esophagus, and the veridin, the veins. Shem ta'avot achila ushtia, shem rashi ta'avot kulam, which represent what are these three? Um, what do you call these three um, areas in the neck? Represent the windpipe, the esophagus, and the vein. These three channels. They represent the the ta'avot for eating and drinking, which are the the heads of all the desires. Rabbeinu tells us the head of all the desires is eating and drinking. And they're in close proximity to speech that emerges from the throat as well. These three uh, veins and channels are close to the, the speech which emerges from the throat. But what? Um, these three um, channels which represent the three klipot of a paro do not have the strength to nourish themselves from the backside of this unification. Why? Because they cannot nourish themselves because they're sealed together. Why? Because through the fasting that we did, we unified HaKadosh Baruch Hu Neshkina back to back. So there's no way to get in. And from within the actual inside of the unification, it's impossible for them to nourish themselves, not even from the back, but also within. Why? Because there's so much light there. And but with Hashem's great wisdom, He gives these kipot, these evil husks, the strength to perceive the illumination of the face. Sorry. From the illumination from within, in order that they could go, grow strong to nourish themselves from it. <laughs>
And whenever they nourish themselves from this internal illumination, this internal light, they are able. We are able to remove from these klipot the holy sparks from within it. That they already have. So Hashem gives them a way in to nourish themselves off of this. So that actually later we can remove the sparks of holiness that they have already grabbed from before. That there's a time when one person dominates another to his detriment. Meaning even though the klipot might feel like they're dominating because they have this way in this unification, they have this way to nourish themselves off this illumination. Nonetheless, um, it actually only adds to their detriment further on. Because now we're able to remove all their holy sparks. And this is what it says, That... um, that the officers of Paro saw her, saw Sarah. And whenever they saw her, they praised her to Paro. Why? And once happened, once they praised her, they saw her, they took her in, in prison. They took Sarah in prison. What happened? That God plagued the house of Paro. Meaning what? That they thought that they were going to win. They took Sarah. But what happened? Hashem later plagued the house of Paro. Meaning that God was able to remove the sparks of holiness which Paro and his officers, his klipot, his evil husks had swallowed beforehand. And through those sparks, moisture is added upon moisture. We create this chesed within this place of dryness. And this is what it says in the verse. And Paro bettered Avraham on her account. Kanan, as it says, as we mentioned above. And this is what it says, um, that grace is false and beauty is vain. These are the evil husks. But what's the pure, what's the, what's the holiness of the divine presence? The woman who fears God is praiseworthy. That they are praising the divine presence. These evil husks are praising the divine presence. And it says that the, the officers of Paro praised her. They praised the Shekhinah, Sarah, to the divine, to Paro. Canaan, as we said about Bishvil, for the sake of what? Tenula mi priyadeha. For the sake of what it says in, in, uh, in this, um, Eshet Chayin, this famous, um, composition that Shlomo Amalek wrote. Tenula mi priyadeha. Give her from the fruit of her hands. Kedilotin ni totodak tusha, Canaan. Meaning what? In order that we're able, to remove those holy sparks from within the dominion, from within, sorry, from within the domain of uh, these evil husks. And once we're able to remove those sparks from the house of Paro, from within Egypt, from within the impurity, what are we able to do? We're able to add an illumination, a greater illumination to within the Shekhinah until the point where the evil husks are completely nullified and they're subdued under holiness. I'll restore to the nations a clarified language in order to serve him as one. And and they praise her within the gates for her deeds. It says specifically in the verse for her deeds. Meaning from within the world of what we call of actions, of deeds. Meaning within this the lowest world, as we brought down, as we brought down in the Kabbalah, within the lowest world of all the worlds of creation, within the world of Asiya, the world where we live in, this is where the majority of the evil husks reside. 
even within this world, Hashem will be able to turn all the nations to serve Hashem in unison. Why? Because we first descend in order to bring up those sparks that Paro swallowed up. And therefore, whenever all those sparks within the house of Paro are elevated, so that now we can fulfill this verse to serve Hashem in unison, meaning even from within the impurity, then Emunah is complete. Meaning Emunah is only completed via the way of, uh, or via this descent of, of going within the realm of the Klipot. That the Shekhinah first had to, has to descend into exile before Emunah is completely strong. Meaning what? You cannot have complete Emunah unless you're tested. Bifrinat had brought down. A beautiful maiden that has no eyes. This is a reference to the Shekhinah. As we said above. Because the essential adornment and the perfection of faith. The only way faith is perfected is whenever others draw themselves close under the Shekhinah's wings. That she adorns herself. That she adorns herself with new jewelry that, uh, that she did not have before. As we said above. And therefore when faith is perfect, as I exactly therefore no one needs no one needs to fast. That's why Rabbanu says that those who are miktane amanai, Rabbanu brings down the Moran, those who are of little faith, they need very big um uh, mortifications in serving Hashem, specifically fasting, Rabbanu says. But if your faith is perfected, then what you don't need to fast, which is why Rabbanu teaches us that Rabbanu says as a kid that had he known the importance of Yidbodedut, he would not have fasted. Why? Because Yidbodedut is just a synonym for faith. Rabbanu teaches us that faith and tefillah are synonymous. They're, they're, one in, they're one in the same concept. Rabbanu brings this down in Lesson 7, Lesson 9 of the Gita Moran. So when a person's faith is good, meaning when you see your prayer properly, you do not need fasting. So when faith is perfected, Fasting is not necessary. And it's, for, it's, allowed, it's permitted for you to eat. And it says shepherd faith. What's shepherding? It's the aspect of eating. When it says in the verse, shepherd faith. What's shepherding? It's the aspect of eating. And this eating awakens a unification between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and face to face. Which is the highest form of unification. We've brought down in the aspect. The food shall be kept as a deposit for the land. Picadon, what does it mean? A deposit? This represents zivug, unification. As brought down in the Gemara of Amot, Daf Samech Bet, I'm with Bet over there. That this deposit represents unification. And what's Eret when it says, shall be for a deposit for the land, as a deposit for the land? What's the land, it's Bechina Emunah, do we know? It's brought down in the Zohar Kadosh. Shchon Eretz Ur E Emunah. It says, dwell in the land and pasture faith. Meaning, land and faith are synonymous. They're one idea, they're one Bechina. And Shchina, Bechina, Shchon Eretz. What's Shchina? Shchina represents Shchon Eretz, dwell in the land. What's Shchon? Comes from the word Shchina, to dwell, divine presence. So the Eretz is the Shchina. And the Shchina is Emunah, it's all one idea. Because then, once we unify the Akadosh Baruch Hu and the Shekhinah face to face, 
The evil forces cannot nourish themselves off of her. Even from the backside, because by that point, the klipot are completely finished. If they're unified back to back, the klipot aren't finished completely. But it's only when faith is perfected when the klipot are completely removed. But how do we do that? When the Shekhinah descended to the klipot only for later, only um, with Hashem's great wisdom, for later that we can remove those um, sparks of holiness within the klipot. And then they unify face to face and the klipot are completely nullified at that point. And this is why it says in the verse, when Boaz tells Ruth, at mealtime, come over here. Come to this field. What does that mean? This represents this unification. Face to face. Through eating. Because we say at mealtime, come over here. And we brought this in many different lessons. This idea how this Goshi uh, Haram is a reference to this uh, this uh, unification. And that through this eating you can cause um, this face-to-face unification. Um, and we see this in Lesson 62 of the Kutamora. This idea that through eating, the, when the Jew eats, he's able to cause a unification between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and face-to-face. Each and every Jew, according to his aspect, meaning according to how much he rectifies the trait of faith, in its, perf- in its perfect state, meaning according to how much he perfects emunah, depending on how much he rectifies emunah, and it, eh, emunah, the more he perfects emunah, the more he unifies HaKadosh Baruch Hu with the Shekhinah, which is faith, face to face. The more he accomplishes his rectification, the more secure that unification is. The emunah metakemet be'atzma kol ha'kfirot bo mikodem. And emunah repairs herself and uh Faith repairs herself, the Shekhinah repairs itself from all the kfirot, from all the apostasies that it had once within her. And she begs and advocates good things before Hashem, before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so that God will forgive him, forgive this person. The main um, advocacy that occurs that the Shekhinah does before Hashem is what? Is that God can't be known except by inferring the concealed from the revealed. What does that mean? Meaning from the revealed attributes of Hashem we're able to recognize God's greatness. And because of this but through this there are people that deny Hashem that Completely deny Hashem. They believe that the world is run by laws of nature. Meaning what? That they believe that by the way that God reveals His, by the way the world is operating according to God's revealed attributes, they believe that the world is run by the laws of nature. They what? So they, because the world is running its, its, its course and they believe that the world is running through its course of nature, but even though they don't even understand that Hashem is actually operating the world according to the way He decides so, which is what, the way He decided His nature. But really, Be'emet, nature is supernatural, Rabban was telling us. So because these kofrim, these deniers of God, these people who don't believe in Hashem, they infer from the fact that the, because the world is run in this natural, because the world is, is run through the laws of gravity and nature and whatever it is, they infer that God is not present in this concealed manner, meaning what? That there is no God. We see that the world is run through nature. So it must be that 
there is no concealed being that's protecting everything and doing everything and taking in charge of everything. Meaning that from the laws of nature, from the laws of that which is revealed to us, which we can see with our naked eye, that means that that's what must happen in the world. That there's no one governing anything. But we do not infer what Rabban was saying. We do not infer the concealed from the revealed, meaning even though it seems like nature, we still believe that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is concealed behind everything. <clears throat> meaning what? So now the Shekhinah is coming to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and it's bringing up this, this, this claim. So let's, let's continue with this. If you don't understand, let's continue with this. <laughs> There are those people who deny Hashem and they believe that the world is run by the laws of nature, right? And there are also those who believe in God's existence. But they say that the world is eternal and the world the world is inevitable existence, meaning the world must have to be created and there is nothing God could do about it. Just as the sun inevitably gives light, it's, it's obligated to exist in this manner. So there are people who believe that the world must have existed. It had to exist. By the ways of nature, it had to exist. Or even by the ways of God, it had to exist. But God couldn't not decide to change the world, to create the world. And therefore they deny the mitvot, these people. Even though they believe God exists, they believe that the world had to be created. And therefore they deny all the commandments of the Torah. Because they say what? That the commandments can't change the laws of nature. And there are some people who believe in the mitvot and the services of serving God. But they believe and they serve in certain powers and higher forms. And they create those forms and they make those forms intermediaries between them and their creator. And what do these people believe? And all these heresies that these people believe, even though they believe Hashem, even though... Um, even though, sorry, even though they believe in the midvot and serving um, these higher, this higher power, they serve other higher powers and, and forms, which is what? We're going to explain this is the idea of the constellations, these mazalot. The Rabban was saying what? They create all these intermediaries, these forms, sorry, all these forms, etc., they become intermediaries between them and the Creator. And all their, their, her, their heresy is created because what they see the constellations of the heaven. They see that they are fixed in their patterns. That they see that the constellations um, is fixed in their patterns. They see that this is the nature of the world. They see that the tzaddik is punished for <laughs> is punished like a wicked like a wicked person, meaning he gets hurt as if he's wicked and he's not. And they see that the wicked person the wicked person prospers. They see that the tzaddik suffers and the wicked prosper. But when HaKadosh Baruch Hu overturns the constellations of the world, the nature of the world, because of the tefillah of the tzaddik, but when they see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu changes and overturns the nature of the world because the tzaddik prayed to him, what happens? They admit, and they admit and they believe that the Creator, that Hashem is creating and He's constantly sustaining the world according to his will, and he's conducting the world according to the way he wants to. And this is what it says in the verse, Yehuda approached Yosef. One king approached the other king. Yehuda was a king, approached Yosef was a king. Meaning what? This is the unification of Kadosh Baruch Hu 
Azayim, what happens? Azayim, what happens? Yehuda tells Yosef, Be Adoni, please my master. What did that mean? Meaning the Shekhinah, which is faith, is requesting Rachamim, compassion from God. And what did she say? Please let your servant speak a word in the ears of his master, in the ears of my master. Yehuda is saying, let me speak a word in, the, in your ears, my master. What is the Shekhinah saying? That she's begging and requesting from Hashem that he brings this person close who rectified her and who elevated her into the aspect of panim panim and face to face. Meaning the Shekhinah is telling Hashem and advocating for the person who caused about this unification to draw this man closer to God. In the ears of my master. What does that mean? That she's advocating on this man who didn't put an intermediary between him and his creator. Meaning what? He caused this unification simply without any intermediaries. It was simply because of this tefillah, this um, emunah that he had. Um whatever it was that we discussed earlier through the eating that uh, creates this unification. But the Shina is saying that this man doesn't believe in all the other types of people that we said earlier, that he, either he doesn't believe in you, Hashem, or either he doesn't, uh, that he believes that the na- nature runs the world, or that he believes that Hashem is, is still there, but the world needed to be created, or whatever it is, that God doesn't have full control. All these sorts of heresies we explained earlier, the Shina is advocating to Hashem that this person, doesn't fall in any of those categories. He doesn't make any intermediaries. intermediaries. He believes you can do everything you want. You can t- overturn the laws of nature. So what's the Shekhinah telling Kadosh Baruch Hu? <clears throat> Sorry. That she's advocating for this man that Hashem should not create an intermediary between him and this person. And that all his needs, he speaks to God's ears alone. That another intermediary should not listen to the conversation this man is having with God. And the Shina is telling Hashem, do not be enraged upon this person. Who has ulterior motives. And who has foreign uh, Worships up until now, meaning he has uh, he has lack of faith, and he's he serves. It's not a proper service. Because you are just like Paro, meaning what? Leshon hidgalut. Paro comes from the language of hidgalut, revelation. Paro kitafriu. Tafriu is from the idea of revelation. Because according to that way you reveal yourself, this is the way people recognize you. Kind of as we said above. And through this, which is what caused errors. Meaning what? Because we believe that the way God reveals Himself is the way the world exists. That what? This is what caused errors. This is what caused errors in, in proper belief, in emunah. Because we see that the world is run through nature, we believe that the, the entire creation of the world is through nature, that God isn't present. But really, that's only an error in faith. And really Hashem is the one running everything. That even nature is completely governed by the God's divine providence. Um, so this is what caused errors. That he saw in the constellations of the heavens. Uh, sorry. 
המנהגים את העולם על ידי זה כל אחד נפל בטעות לפי טעותו כנ"ל. That he saw in the constellations of the heavens, the mazalot, that, uh, that, are con- that they, they control the world. And through that, each and every person fell into his mistakes and his errors in faith. Why? Because they saw the constellations that they create certain structure and nature to this world. Natural course. But whenever you change the constellations, but when you change the constellations, everyone agrees that you're the creator and you're the one conducting everything. And in the future, all the constellations will be completely nullified. For the shamayim will dissipate as smoke. Meaning all the laws of the heavens will completely dissipate. And therefore all the the inhabitants of the earth will admit that there is a creator and there's a person who conducts the world. And the same is true now. When they see that the tzaddik in his prayer is able to change the constellations of nature. As modim, then they admit that the earth and all its inhabitants belong to God, meaning that everything is conducted by Hashem. And this is why it says in the verse, You are just like Paro. In the episode, whenever Yehuda approaches Yosef, why Paro? Ma Paro Just like Paro, he decrees and he doesn't fulfill. So to you, this is what Yehuda was telling Yosef as he brought down the Bereshit Rabbah, that you are just like Paro. Why? Because just like Paro decrees and doesn't fulfill, you are the same person. Meaning what? Now let's explain according to the claim the Shkina is making. Hanu, kshiroim shidud ma'arekat hashemayim hagluyim lechol tivam. When they see the change in the constellations of the heavens, um, whose natures and decrees are visible to all, and they see that the decrees of the, the heavens are completely overturned, meaning they know that even you, Hashem Itbarach, you decree, but you do not fulfill. Why? Because the tzaddik, because of the tzaddik, why is Shakalush Bahu Gozer that the Hakadush Bahu decrees that the world should be governed by its course of nature, by the constellations, etc. etc. But the Tzadik completely nullifies this state of nature. He nullifies these laws that God created. Hanu meaning that they know through this the prayer of the Tzadik. Meaning what? That they know that through the prayer of the tzaddik that even nature in itself, the constellations of the heaven, is according to the will of Hashem, right? That up until now, it was that the entire heaven was being governed by the way of nature. But now that the tzaddik, that the tzaddik prayed, HaKadosh Baruch Hu completely nullified his decree and uh, his will that the world should be governed by nature and he completely nullified it. Why? Because the tzaddik prayed for this. And because of this, the laws of the constellations of the heavens, which are visible to everyone, are completely nullified. And that's when everyone admits, even all the heretics will admit, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs everything. But as long as the person does not see this nullification of nature, uh, um, in Revelation, meaning that as long as the nullification of nature isn't happening to the eyes of everyone, isn't obvious to everyone, that people will still deny Hashem and they don't believe that there's a creator. 
Why? And therefore, because people do not see this change of, of nature um, visibly, what happens? Uh, through this, each and every person makes a mistake with his intellect, his, his messed up and turbid intellect, because for they can only infer the concealed from the revealed. Meaning what? They believe that because the revealed operates according to the ways of nature, that so too behind the scenes, that it's the same way. That there's only nature involved, there's no God. So this is the mistakes people make with Hashem Yidbach, that they infer that from nature, it must prove the fact that Hashem Yidbach, um, that there is no God basically, that the entire world is run through nature, the laws of nature, through a chance, through occurrence. But really, Be'emet, the second uh, nature is completely removed. Is the second we can understand that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is running everything because then on the visible account, when we see everything that's happening to us literally in reality, and we see that it's completely that nature is nullified. For example, that uh, um, a miracle happened to a person, and a person sees that it's completely above nature that he should have died. For example, but Hashem completely saved him. Um, that this uh, change of nature ends up creating this uh, this faith. Why? Because people. Because of our messed up minds, we can only um, infer the concealed from the revealed. But um, as long as the revealed is still within the realm of nature, that we'll think that Hashem Bach is not present. And uh, that's where the, the mistakes come in uh, atheism and all this stuff. Rabban was telling us. So through the tefillah the tzaddik, we're able to change nature. And once that change of nature occurs, what happens? Then it increases this faith, this emunah. Because of this in the future, whenever all these false faiths will be completely nullified and everyone will believe in God that He's one. Through this, it will be called Shabbat. Because in that time to come, it will be called Shabbat. Why? Because when Emunah is in its perfect state, it's called Shabbat. Because Shabbat teaches us about what concept? That Hashem renewed the world in six days. And on the seventh day, He, was, he, he rested and He was refreshed. And He seized. And because of this, that anyone who guards the Shabbat, who keeps Shabbat, even one who serves an idol, as in the generation of Enosh, they for, he's forgiven. Because Shabbat is the essence of faith. And the cessation, whenever idol worship stops, this is what it says, if you hold back your feet on Shabbat, what is Regen? When it says, if you hold back your feet, what's the feet? This represents faith. What is uh, atheism? It's an aspect of a language. My foot nearly slipped. When the foot is bent, that's an aspect of blemished faith. But what is, if you hold back your foot on Shabbat? This is the aspect of complete faith. Meaning what? That your foot is strong on Shabbat. And what is faith called? Faith is called in the, what we say in the verse. My f- my feet stood straight. Meaning what? That my faith was strong. Because false faith, false faiths, superstitions, whatever you want to call it, they nourish themselves off the feet of holiness. 
in the aspect of what is what, what we call the knees of the Rabbanan, the knees of the rabbis, which is the feet of the holiness, the Chul, as it says. Over there, Hanu Emunak Tusha, which is what we call holy faith. It says, the man with faith, Rab has many blessings. What is blessing? Many blessings. Hanu meaning the knees of the Rabbanan, the legs of the Rabbanan. What is Ish Emunot Rab The man of faith has many blessings. Meaning, what's faith? It's representing the feet of the Rabbanan, which represent Emuna. Because you said the feet is Emuna. Um, so we see this entire idea in its entirety. Very deep lesson. I went a little bit all over the place. If you want to really do this lesson, look in uh, the actual lesson where it's, where it's written in Likut Moran for a better explanation because obviously Rabbeinu wrote this in a way that he would understand it, but it's not fully fleshed out and clear. Um, because Rabbeinu did not need to write it in such a fashion of... Um, of complete clarity until Rabbi Nathan later wrote it and uh, did something uh, different and uh, rearranged it. So this lesson is very, very deep, but uh, now we're going to do a manuscript of Lesson 62 as well. And Bezrat uh, Hashem, let's do it. I shall praise you with an upright heart. As it says in the verse. What did Rabbi Nathan tell us? All strife all arguments are rooted in the Torah. Meaning what? From the machloket of the Tanaim, from the machloket of the Mishnahic sages, from the, the arguments that they went through, from those arguments devolutes down below, and from those dregs of those arguments, from the, the, the psola, the scraps of those arguments, you create the machloket, what we call which is not for the sake of heaven. All the arguments that occur today that are not for the sake of heaven are all dev- they all um, are derived from the dregs and the scraps of the machloket of the tenaim. You need to see to complete and to perfect your heart. So that your heart is not divided, so that one, a person's heart is not divided against himself. And how do you make sure of this? So that you serve Hashem with both of your inclinations. As it says in Shema, we say, that you shall serve Hashem with all your hearts. Why did it say plural hearts? It says, with both of your inclinations, meaning the Yetzirah and the Yetzirah Tov. The good and the evil inclination. And with this, you ensure that your heart is not divided and you create shalom and peace from this machloket. So that your heart should not fall into the category and their hearts divided. And the strife that exists within the inclination of the heart of a person. These are the heresies that befall the person and prevent him from walking on the pathways of faith. Of faith. And they darken his intellect, they prevent his intellect from understanding the answers upon these heresy, on these heresy, on, on these heretical questions. Meaning what? What is the makhluket within a heart of a person? It's the heresy that exists within a person's heart that do not allow this person from actually understanding the answer to that, to that heretical question. And that all happens because the heart is divided. So you have to ensure that your heart is unified 
that you serve Hashem with both of the heart, with both of the inclinations to ensure that there's no heresies within your heart that are preventing you from serving Hashem properly and from walking with faith. And what's the advice for this, Rabbanu says? To attain this perfect heart, this, perf- uh, this perfection of faith, to, to create peace from these, from these aspects of strife. To study halakha, study uh, the Jewish codes of law. And through this, through this, you perfect the strife within the inclination that exists within your heart. And where is that rooted from? The Torah, as we said above. Because what's the poskim? The halakha is in itself the peace of this strife that existed between the Mishnahic sages and the Gemara. Why? Because the halakha is the final way we act. The halakha is the final law. And that final law is the peace between that strife. Why? Because the strife is, you're left without this application. The second the halakha comes down, is the second there's peace be made between the strife because there's an answer. There's an answer to the question. So the halakha is the answer to that strife. So when you study halakha, you're able to create that the root of this machroket between the tanaim is resolved. And then once that's resolved, then by default, whatever devolutes from devolved from that argument in the first place will also be resolved. So all those machloket, all those those arguments, that strife that exists within each and every person, the heresies that arise within a person's heart are also resolved whenever he studies halakha because you rectify the source. Therefore, when you make peace in the root, meaning within the Torah, then you also create peace down below. And then also your enemies will reconcile with you. It's an awesome thing. And if you take the letters of the word Shalom, we see this play of words, Shalom. If you take Shalom, take each letter, it spells out a phrase. Know what to answer the, her- uh, the heretic. Take the first letter of the phrase, you have the Vav of Veda, Ma, Mem, Shin of Shetashiv, and Lamed of Lapikores. You make some around, you have the word Shalom, peace. Because this is the essence of peace when you know what to answer the, the heresy, meaning the heresy within your heart. That's the essence of peace, that your mind is refined. And you know answers to those heresies. Now we can understand what it says in the verse. I will praise you with an upright heart. I'll praise you with an upright heart. What's, why did it say Leva with an upright heart in plural? Meaning what? With both inclinations. When is this occur? When can you serve Hashem and praise Hashem with both hearts? It says in the end of the verse, When I learn your righteous laws. Meaning, when I study poskim, when I study halakha, which represent the harmony in the Torah. And through the shalom, when you created the shalom in the Torah, by studying halakha, you create perfection everywhere else. And you create answers to those heretical questions that you have. And now peace is made between you and your enemies also. So studying halakha is one of the most awesome tikkunim we can possibly do. These two uh, teachings that we mentioned above, are all encompassed within one lesson in lesson 62 of Likut al And God knows the concealed aspects. Why Rabenu divided these two these two concepts that we mentioned into two lessons. 
גם יש הרבה דברים שמבוארים שמה, שלא נכתבו כאן. Um, there are also many things that are explained here. Oh, sorry, that are explained over there in lesson 62, that are not explained over here and written here. וכן, יש כמה דברים שמבוארים כאן ביותר. And here there's also many things explained here, even more so than over there. ודאש גם שם בסימן. And also, if you look over there in lesson 62, this is directly from the language of Rabbeinu himself. So, what's the difference? That when it says, Leshon uh, Rabbeinu, from the direct manuscript, the language of Rabbeinu, sorry, Leshon Rabbeinu, it's from the language of Rabbeinu himself, meaning when Rabbeinu said the language, meaning that Rabbeinu gave that lesson within his own tongue that he said it verbally and then a person, one of the students wrote the, language, wrote the lesson that Rabbeinu wrote, had just said verbally and he wrote it down word for word and the man wrote it before him but here, what's the difference within these lessons that we're bringing at the end of Likud HaMogatiyana it's directly from the manuscript of Rabbeinu himself meaning Rabbeinu wrote this Torah himself whereas in the case where we see all the lessons in Likud HaMogatiyana where it says Leshon Rabbeinu it means that Rabbeinu explained the lesson verbally and someone was there to write it word for word in front of him. And because of this, we see many differences between, uh, between them. So that's the difference between the Ketav Yad of Rabbeinu, the manuscript of Rabbeinu, which we see many different lessons here at the end. And we'll continue to do for a few days. And the difference between when it says Leshon Rabbeinu within the Kutemora. The Leshon Rabbeinu was given by Rabbeinu verbally and someone was there to actually write it while, he, while Rabbeinu was giving it. Um, so this is why we see many differences. Because this is Rabbeinu's way. Because of the awesome and tremendous holiness and speed of his intellect. Rabbeinu would change many different things and subjects when he would say it, versus the actual writing. And the same is true between one writing and another writing. And there are many other things that are concealed from me, because very hidden are Rabbeinu's thoughts. Very profound. So we cannot understand why Rabbeinu has differences in Lesson 62, and why he spits it up over here in his manuscript, in two separate lessons. But, Baruch Hashem, we merited to study this. If I didn't explain something well, that's because uh, I myself don't completely understand it. It's very vague. But Bezrat uh, Hashem, open up the gates of understanding so that we can apply what Rabbeinu teaches us here. Because he has a lot of advice that we can get from. Bezrat Hashem.